Welcome back to Memphis Hardwood, everyone. After a week off that was unplanned, unexpected, and uh, inadvertent, we did not mean to miss a Memphis Hardwood podcast last week, but miss it we did. But there was no shortage of Grizzlies news swirling about the universe on last week. One Ja Morant came back to the Grizzlies after eight games away from the team, rejoined for a game against the Houston Rockets this week where he came off the bench. We got to get to that. We got to get to so many other things, but we're not to get going to get to a single thing without welcoming Marvin Stockwell into the mix. Marvin, what's up? What's up, Anthony? Uh, man, it's been it's we went through a thing and now uh, we, we somehow like it fell off our calendar or we missed a week. So I feel like we, I feel like we like hit some type of time wormhole yeah. because it all actually is compressed. And as you just described it in, in like 45 seconds, the journey, I thought to myself, it feels like that went by in a blink of an eye. So I know we missed an episode, but we digested a lot and maybe we just needed two weeks to digest what happened. Yeah. Entirely possible. Entirely possible. And I mean, I think the Grizzlies, have had an action packed, you know, couple of weeks without us and without oh John Morant. I mean, there's certainly been no shortage yeah. of things to get into. Um, and I'd also have to say it's no. been a particularly an entertaining stretch of games. Um, and I want to kind of get into what's been happening yeah. with the team and just to back up a little bit, Steven Adams got mm-hmm. a diagnosis mm-hmm. really on the eve of when we thought he was going to return that not only was he not going to return, but they were going to inject stem cells into his knee which is typically not a good thing to hear about your starting center. Mm, and so yeah, no, it's we, not. we realized, right, we'd be without Steve-O. And we, we did a little bit of podcasting, right? But but we got to just set up the stage for this moment. We did some podcasting during that. Then Dylan Brooks gets his first suspension after mm-hmm. punching uh, Donovan Mitchell in the groin, misses a game. Then John Morant is at Shotgun Willie's with a handgun. Um, and mm-hmm. then has to miss eight games, does the interview with Jalen Rose, right? So it yep. just... It really felt grim. And and I mean, if we go even before that, just to put some of this into perspective, you and I had some concerns about the team and their on-court performance because the Grizzlies just, they weren't playing up to their standards. They were particularly Mm. bad in fourth quarters, really bottom Mm. of the league in terms of fourth quarters. And we did a podcast about, should we sound the alarm here? Are the Grizzlies Mm. really in trouble? Is this something that we need to, you know, really be thinking hard about? We did no trouble. No, we did no trouble. Well, well, exactly. And then all that other crap happened. Um, But Marv, since all that stuff happened, you know, of course, DB has been back in the fold. He had to miss the Houston game because he made a pom pom chant at a guy who averages 2.5 points per game and plays like seven minutes for the Dallas Mavericks. So DB got suspended again. Right. But I mean, (laughs) aside from that, right, he's been with the team. He's been playing on a whole nother level, especially since the the Draymond Green thing hit some amazing shots down the stretch, particularly in that San Antonio game, which, you know, sent it to overtime. And then the Grizzlies, you know, overcame that. And then oh the Grizzlies God. overcome the largest over overcome the largest deficit in franchise history, twenty nine points, uh, to win a game, right? And so mm. there's been so much going on. Dylan Brooks has been, you know, at the center of a lot of that. And there's been no John Morant. And so I just want to I just want to talk about like what's been going, what's happening with this team. Like, how do you interpret all of this? I mean, there's a lot of ways to think about it. And, and, and listen, I want to put a pin. We're not going to be able to get into everything today. We're going to have to try to come back next week and do a longer podcast because I have a lot of feelings about the way the national press has been writing about the Grizzlies. I have a lot of freaking feelings. Bro. Me too. 
And, yeah. and and last night, let me just say this one thing, and then I want to come back to the question I asked. How do you interpret why the yeah. Grizzlies have been yeah. doing so well? But I don't know if you're watching any Final Four, but the, the Powerade commercial that John ja Morant shot just before the Shotgun Willies thing happened, mm-hmm. right, where he was, mm-hmm. you know, Powerade, and it showed the young guy jumping up onto the tire. And we all know the stories about Ja growing up in South yeah, Carolina, yeah. how he trained with T, his dad. Well, guess what? They showed that whole commercial last night, and John ja Morant was not in it. And they changed the commercial around so that it was about the Sweet 16 and and the and the NCAA tournament. And bro, I was so triggered by that. I was watching the Gonzaga mm. game with some friends. And 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 I mean, I'm not gonna we don't have time for me to share all my thoughts, but I just want to say the ways mm-hmm. in which the national media has been treating mm-hmm. Memphis, because the deal is John Morant's gonna be okay, right? He's got he's due a quarter, 225 million, he's due a quarter yeah. billion dollars over the next four years, right? He's got generational mm-hmm. wealth. I'm not concerned about Ja. I hope he continues to get well. I just know he will. He's gonna be fine. The thing that bothers me, that concerns me, is the way Memphis continues to get yeah. portrayed and kicked yeah. around in the national yeah. media. And bro, this goes back for me to 1968, the assassination of Martin Luther King mm-hmm. and Time Magazine calling Memphis a decaying Southern backwater, right? Mm-hmm. So I look at the last 60 years when I think about what's been going on in Memphis. So we will we don't have time because there's a whole bunch of other stuff I'd like to say about that. But anything you want to say about that? And then also I want to hear your interpretation of what's been going on. How has this team been able to be so good amidst all of this? Sure. Uh, in a word, uh, I, I just feel like um, there's some uh, maybe not overt, maybe not even uh, an, from an examine standpoint, some some racist underpinnings to uh, the the it, 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 it's because it, uh, yeah it's because Memphis is a majority black city and uh, and we're being piled on for, for for that reason. I don't think that's all. I don't think that's all of it. I don't think that's all of it. I mean, I'm no, not saying no, no, I'm no, not no, suggesting no. that it is. But but I, I think it's like Memphis is a convenient punching bag. We're we're a convenient punching bag within our state. You know we're in one oh, of the, we're in yeah. one of the reddest states in the union, one of the most conservative red states in the union, and Memphis is the big blue dot in the in the southwest corner. Like yeah. so, I I know that the rest of the state looks down its nose at, at Memphis, and that and that quite frankly fuels uh, what can be as a fan that kind of inner. Entertaining and and kind of lovable, gritty, uh, kind of like underdog, perpetual underdog mentality. Right. So, um, but but I'm saying the criticisms. Uh, there's more going on here than just the 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 particulars of uh the 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 thing. There's some animosity Whoa. that has Whoa. to do with animosity for Memphis. Uh, so uh, yes, and and me, again, I could me, go on the. I yeah, know. Go ahead. Let me just say one thing on that, and then we can move on because I do maybe want to come back to this when I'm just not so incensed and I can just do a little bit more of a sober analysis. Bottom line, it's anti-blackness. And if you're listening to this podcast and you know, and that is something that either puzzles you or frustrates you to hear, um, we're I'm easy to find. <laughs> Hit me up. We can talk about that. But what you said about Memphis being a majority black city getting picked on by the state, right? A lot of the ways in which this has been portrayed, and let's remember, all of this was set off by what? A black man with a gun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because when you've got white people with guns, there's a whole other image that's portrayed, a whole other mm-hmm. set of ideas, a whole other set of understandings come to the forefront of people's minds. Mm-hmm. NRA and the Second Amendment. Bingo. Right. And the, I was going to say big organizations, big money pump up. But now it's a black man with a gun. And then suddenly this is a huge problem. 
Now, well, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to excuse again, like you say, it's not just about the particulars of the situation. It's about reading the culture. It's about reading yeah. the the yeah. headlines and thinking about them in a broader mm-hmm. context. Yeah. John and, made a mistake. Like, of like course but, he made without a absolving of that. Right. No. And he's taken responsibility for that. And that's all well and good. But like beyond that, like the response to it has been beyond the pale. And it shows a bias of wanting to be against Memphis. And like if you look earlier this season, the whole like we didn't get any respect in the league or like, we're, ah, you know, the Grizzlies. Well, it's great. You know, but like we weren't given our due. And then and then people are like, aha, here's a weakness. Let's pile on these people. Yes. Oh, exactly. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll it's dive frustrating. In. It is frustrating. And again, I think seeing that commercial last night and how Powerade was like, oh, we've got all the money. We're just going to kick jaw out of this. We're just going to keep, cause oh. it's all about freaking money. Sure. Right. Well, yeah. And, 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 and the, and the people there, the Powerade is responsible for their shareholders who are getting an earful from all sorts of people. Uh, and they have to respond. And the carefully McCarefultons, who are the who are the heads of of of, of the Powerade Corporation or whatever the parent company is, are going to white knuckle and stress this to death. And be like, oh my god, you know, you know. And it's a lot of money to spend. Okay, sure. Well, then they're going to navigate that decision from an advertising perspective through the lens of fear. H- how do we do it in a way that safeguards what's good about the ad? Hey, hey, creative team, cut me to get cut jaw out of the ad uh, and still give us a really gritty thing about like, and, exactly. and they, I mean, that is their right. Sure. They are paying customers. Sure. The customer's always right. Blah, 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 blah. But I'm saying it still sticks in your craw as anti jaw, you 100%. know? And it's like, I hope that like that Powerade, I mean, honestly, if I had to venture a guess, they'll Powerade will probably just move on from this moment. And then if everything, like if they, Stick their finger in the air and realize, oh, wait a minute, are, are the winds blowing back? And like, so let's say the Grizzlies go on a tear and the Grizzlies are NBA champions and 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 John Morant is the finals MVP. Well, then you better believe they're going to uncork that commercial and say, see, we were with Ja, we under, we we were back with, oh. with Ja all the way back to South Carolina. Like, yeah, oh. yeah we were them all the way. Like, but if it doesn't, like, so. They'll yeah. change their tune. Oh, yeah. They will reuse that That's ad right. when it is it is when it is advantageous to them to do so, and not a moment sooner. And in the mo- and, and for the time being, they're going to be really careful about it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, for sure. It's about dollars. It's one hundred percent. And I mean, I get you know, it. And it's that. about anxiety and I, and and the really it. careful decision makers. Blah blah I blah. It. I get it. Yeah. And I mean, it's it is frustrating because meanwhile, um, you know, Memphis. We've talked about this before. Has to grind through some real challenges. And yeah, we're. Uh, Dealing with hand yeah, like, guns and, and, and the, and the right. role and the role that the basketball team plays in the culture of Memphis is not an insignificant one. And so for those of us who are careful observers, we understand why it is not good for Ja to have a handgun as a Memphis Grizzly. We understand why that's not good, but, but it's almost like the national media, they're missing the whole freaking point. None of these articles mm-hmm. are actually talking about the real problems in Memphis, the ways in which job being portrayed with a handgun actually feeds into a serious problem with violence that's related to race yeah. and history and a lack of opportunity mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. But none yeah. of those articles are talking about that. And this is the last thing I'm going to say on this for real today, because I don't want to have a, a heart condition. The thing that really <laughs> has frustrated me is the athletic. 
And I mean, look, we have, you know, a smattering of followers, people who listen to this podcast. And so, you know, if you listen to this podcast, I still, I've kept the athletic subscription. I was reading it before we jumped on here today. There's some good stuff, but their coverage of this situation has been extraordinarily disappointing. Not only could they not be bothered to have a beat writer for the Memphis Grizzlies for the last three years, right? Thank the most you. Ex- the most exciting right team, arguably in the league, Hello. John Morant being the face, future face of the league on all the freaking mm-hmm. can't be bothered mm-hmm. to get a beat writer for the Grizzlies. But now they've got headlines from David Aldridge saying things like, can anything good possibly come from this? If you were at FedEx Forum on Wednesday night, you know something good is coming from this. Yeah. What a stupid thing to say. What a stupid thing to write. But you know what, Marv? It's not that David Aldridge isn't that smart. He's brilliant. He's an, he's a, he's a, he did it because they know people will click on that link. And you know mm-hmm. what? That is exploitation, bro. That mm-hmm. is exploiting Jaws' very difficult personal situation to make mm-hmm. sure you get more clicks and more comments mm-hmm. on your freaking website. And then yeah. there was an article that came out yesterday, the real reason that Ja Morant came off the bench. And I'm like, bro, what are you even trying to say about this? Like, it was literally his idea. Yes, it was about conditioning, and it was about the team playing so well without him, which will lead us back into talking about what we need to talk about, which is the Grizzlies. But then he's trying to imply that there's something else that's going on here that's more sinister and deeper. And I just, it makes me sick to my stomach because they're just writing this to get clicks and comments. I'm like, bro, this is a human being. He has a family. He has a daughter. Don't you like, and yeah. all they're doing is using this situation to their advantage. And then meanwhile, of course, in the back of it all, Memphis continues to suffer and bleed. That hurts, mm-hmm. man. That mm-hmm. hurts me. It hurts to watch that. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm I'm following the news narrative. I, you know, I, 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 I did the earned media, uh, you know, uh, work for the Steve Mulroy campaign. And we, right. we, we elected a, 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 a progressive district attorney in Memphis. And I've, so I've been following his work more closely and proud of him. I think he's been doing an excellent job. And I think actually a lot of doubters uh, in Mulroy are starting to give him a paddle on the back and say, Hey man, you stood up under some, like the minute he got elected DA, we had some horrific, horrific oh, yeah. crimes happen yeah. in rapid succession yeah. in Memphis. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I think he's done an admirable job. And even his political form, you know, political foes have said, yeah, on balance, you're doing a good job. So, like, I can, from yeah. a granular level, I'm following the news here in Memphis and thinking I am seeing the systemic piece by piece coalition meeting yes. after coalition meeting around yes. these issues with police and educators and the district yes. attorney and the, and yes. the juvenile court. Like those very the breathe in, breathe out like responses of churning through the issues to in a way that will actually put hopefully root cause solve them in, in a matter of decades. That's the slow incremental millimeter yes. by millimeter work that's happening in Memphis. Yes. Now the media is like they're gonna catch the thing that's the next thing, and they're yeah. all gonna get distracted, and this will all be a non-story. Great point. Uh, once the the Grizzlies are in the second round of the playoffs, and you'll see that Powerade pop back on television, and all Probably. will be well. Probably right, but yep. Memphis will still be working on its problems. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you, Marv. That's a really nice way to put it. And you know, Memphis continues to have dedicated people trying to work on serious challenges. You know, and I've always said, you know, Memphis yep. is a place where if the United States gets a cold, then Memphis gets pneumonia. 
things are just harder in Memphis, right? The, the impacts yeah. of an economic recession, the impacts of crime, because by the way, crime is up all across the country, but Memphis is experiencing this acutely. Car thefts, right? The thing that's been going on in Memphis, it's happening everywhere. It's happening here in Colorado, where I'm at. People are stealing Kias and Hyundais, the same exact thing that's going on in Memphis. It's just mm -hmm. at a more extreme level there. And you've got people who are dedicated like Steve Mulroy, like Tariq Sugarman, uh, our new yep. juvenile, uh, our new juvenile overseer, right? Who are going to work yeah. on these things? And that systemic change takes a long time, right? But it's important, right? Because Ja is a young black man, and there are a lot of young black men in Memphis who mm -hmm. look up to Ja, but who don't have the same opportunities, the same pathways to advance their lives. Yeah. And there are people who are dedicated to creating those pathways, to changing the systems that yeah. have caught up young black men and gotten them trapped inside of systems that not only mm -hmm. prevent them from having opportunity, but essentially condemn them to a life of either incarceration or or having their lives shortened. Those That is mm -hmm. real. That happens mm -hmm. in Memphis. That's real. Right. Yeah, that's the stuff that's, that's going down and there are people who are working on it. So, so for us, I know Marv, when we see that and we think about what's going on with Ja, you know, we're not just thinking about clickbait. We're not just thinking about, oh, this guy's not a good role model, right? It takes us to this deeper understanding of what it means to be in Memphis, what Memphis is about, some of the challenges that we're facing. But one yeah. thing that's good, the Grizzlies have been winning, Marv. And so, I mean, essentially over the time period <clears throat> that Ja Morant uh was gone. Um, you know, the Grizzlies, uh, performed well above expectations. Um, I mean, essentially they've only lost one game, um, out of their last, let's see, six. So, um, the Grizzlies are, yeah, basically six and one over their last seven. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And they did it all without Ja. So, so let's talk a little hoops, man. What's going yeah. on? How's this team? So, so yeah. So like that was a long derailment and I never actually got to the second question you asked me, but no, that's, that's, that's the thing from a basketball, you know, returning purely to the level of, of, of basketball uh, here. It has been, I mean, actually this last little bit of being a Grizzlies fan has taken us on a roller coaster ride that I would argue has had some features that are unique, uh, especially the jaw situation, the injuries. That's almost like comparatively unbelievably common, right? Uh, but disciplinary things are not not uncommon. But like, especially as you as you well put up, pointed out, like the resonance to Memphis's perception over history, um, and and this is where your your PhD in history serves as well. Um, is uh, I we've been on a unique transit. Uh, and from a basketball perspective, perspective, I say that too. And here's the thing that's really interesting is that this season and this last few weeks has had that like, who'd, who would have imagined it quality? Now, we had a, we, we were served a smorgasbord of that all last season with, with exceeding expectations. And you and I have talked a lot about that. Yeah. Okay, well, this year it's been exceeding expectations, but in a limited gap with a bunch of strange, impossible to have foreseen uh <laughs> headwinds but like right. why are the grizzlies so, so but but what's heartening about it is that we are playing that well we are like dylan brooks is having this crazy game against the warriors yeah. it was so deeply and emotionally and psychologically satisfying oh, to yeah. see him get in the grill of all those guys and get oh, yeah. and, and you know the, the super composed you know like 
golden <laughs> boy warriors and oh the team of destiny you know like you know it's like all of a sudden yeah dylan brooks reduced them to little childish babies on the <laughs> playground that they are and you know it's and, you know yes. you know the, the the whole motioning from across there you know, count my fingers four rings what a doofus you know <laughs> like and dylan brooks got in their head and got oh, that response yeah. out of them and then laughed that yeah. awesome laugh and smug yeah. The yeah. shades on you could not serve <laughs> something more royally satisfying if no. you tried than dylan brooks <laughs> getting the goat of the warriors oh, and then I, I forget whether that was that was yeah. was that after or was, uh, before the San Antonio? it doesn't matter the yeah. comeback san antonio win yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. what yeah that was the night where the, the tigers were playing too yeah and like they got yeah. down oh, so yeah. far early i thought to I myself, forget it and then later on after as i was crestfallen because the tigers you I know, know they lost. He gave it away at first the end. round. It was awful. I just thought, well, let me look at my phone. And first thing I happened to see is like Grizzlies complete largest, complete largest comeback and franchise or season, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah it was like, franchise. What? 29 points. Yeah. You, what, what happened? What was the universe? Am I, I even living it? And then we've been consistently kicking ass ever since in unique ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. What? Yeah. What is and, even happening? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we beat the Warriors on it's March so 9th. fun. Then we beat the Mavericks on March 11th. And then we beat the Mavericks again on March 13th. Had a little bit of a letdown against the Heat on the road, but that Heat team is not a great matchup for the Grizzlies. We can talk more about that, but you don't really have to worry about that in the West and then the Heat aren't going to the finals. Then the Grizzlies beat the Spurs, and that was on the night that Kendrick Davis, who, by the way, let me just say, uh, Marv, I think he might be a top three Tiger of all time. I mean, when you look at his statistical categories, I think only Larry Finch had a better season than Kendrick Davis did. And so it was so wow. hard for me to watch Kendrick Davis on that last play throw the ball away. Oh. By the way, by the oh. way, you know, the reason that that happened is because he was taking a three-point jump shot, landed on a dude's foot. And in the NBA, by the way, that's a technical foul, right? That's a serious mm. foul in the NBA. Wasn't so in college basketball. Turned his ankle, thought he was really hurt. Penny put him back in the game, right? Because the game's on the line. And he said later, you know, I'm, you know, trying to throw the skip pass to Lomax across the court, got intercepted. FAU puts it in, right? Takes the lead. Uh, and the Tigers give up that game. And I mean, essentially that was on Kendrick Davis, but, and that was so heartbreaking, man. That was so really heartbreaking, heartbreaking because so I really, I really think this, the Tigers would still be in the tournament. I think they were that totally. good of a team with DeAndre yeah. Williams uh, and Kendrick Davis, really probably the, one of the best one, two punches in Tigers history. So yeah. I just share all that to say, man, I was absolutely crestfallen. And then I looked and saw, Oh my God, the Grizzlies. <laughs> what are they? So, and I had recorded the game. And so I flipped it over and I got to watch and it was going into overtime and it was freaking amazing. So it's just one of those moments being oh, a wow. Memphis basketball wow. fan, right? Like it's the best of times, worst of times. <laughs> but I was happy for those Grizzly Bears. And then, you know, coming out of that Spurs game, they just absolutely dominate Golden State at home at, at FedEx Forum. Then they beat the Mavericks. Then they beat the Rockets last night. So I actually got it wrong. Grizzlies are seven and one over their last eight, seven and three over their last 10. And the two games they lost in LA were really just super close, um, you know, a couple weeks back. So Grizzlies have just mm. been absolutely on a tear. Um, I think Tyus Jones has really been a huge part of that for the Grizzlies. Um, just continues to be such an incredible point guard. And I mean, you saw you saw John Morant say, 
right? We've got two starting point guards here. So it doesn't matter, right, who's coming off the bench or who's coming in. And I want to talk about that quote for a second. You know, we're not going to be able to get into stuff because we've just got about six or seven minutes left today. But I just want to talk about right. that quote for a second, right? That is not false humility from John Moran. John is not a guy who just tells you stuff you want to hear, right? Like he's saying that because it's true, you know? And And I think he really does feel a sense of humility right now, right? Where he's like, Look, these guys have been playing great in my absence. They've been dominating, right? And they've been beating some good teams. They've been they beat the former yeah. champs twice, right? And you beat Dallas without Kyrie and without Luca, but still, Dallas has been kryptonite for the Grizzlies over these last three mm-hmm, years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, those yeah, I, those are quality wins. Those they're still they're still good wins. And and Kyrie was mm-hmm. in that second game, right? So yep. you know, I think I just I I'm so proud of not only the way the Grizzlies have competed, right, but also the way Tyus Jones has played and the way in which John Moran has come mm-hmm. back for the team. Got to give just a quick shout out to mm-hmm. over the last 10 games, uh Tyus Jones has had 16 points per game. Uh he's been shooting 40% from 3 on 5 attempts. Uh mm-hmm. he's averaging 4 rebounds per game, 8 assists per game, plus 2.6 doing it in 33 minutes playing, you know, playoff minutes. He's just been freaking phenomenal. And for John Morant to come off the bench, right? And to be able to say that we've got two starting point guards, Marv, what is that? What do you think that says about John? Right? I mean, he's still on this, this journey, right? But what do you think that says about him and his leadership? Honestly, I I think it's a good sign. And and if you're not following the Grizzlies close and closely enough, you don't know that about Ja, so it comes across as false humility. But I would argue that it is absolutely 100% sincere humility. Uh, and wasn't it Desmond Bain who said when when he when asked, what do you think uh, Ja Morant's uh, biggest strength is? And he said humility. And like that's a puzzler for some. But honestly, it's, it's not puzzling to me at all. Um, ja Morant has a humility that allows him to be a magnanimous leader. It's his humility... Uh, and sure, yes, in the braggadocio kind of way, you could say, well, that's not humble. Okay. And I get that. I don't mean that, that, I mean, he, he is, he is a, is a, he brags on himself, but it's, it's an extension of bragging on his team and what he and his his brothers on the team had built. Right. So, so, uh, that's a different thing. Personally, he has humility in a way that I would argue is rare. For a superstar. Uh, and that serves him well because it allows him to continue learning. Having humility allows us to be, uh, allows us to continue to learn and, and allows us to realize that we don't have every answer and that we're not bigger than every problem. That's going to serve him well in 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 sorting away whatever, however deep this problem is 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 known to God and Jah alone, you right. know, and and like and he's going to be go, continue down a path of personal journey. But my point is, the whole uh, humility thing is why he came off the bench. If people want the secret skullduggery yes. reason to, that that he, he really came off the bench because Jah felt that it was warranted. Totally. He, and he thought it was right and yes. just and 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 um uh made evident as as a good decision by Tyus's excellent playing. Yes. And it's also he's not missing the opportunity to have a incredible vote of confidence placed in Tyus. You yes. don't think that'll bear fruit in Tyus's playoff run? You better believe it will. John <laughs> knows that stuff. Yeah. He's dude. that smart and he's that yeah, humble. Totally. That's man. the real reason. 
dude. Oh, yeah. You should be writing for The Athletic, obviously. A man of your caliber exceeds their capacities, frankly. <clears throat> but yeah, that's the Somebody tap reason. the Athletic uh, on the shoulder and have them call me, and, and I'll I'll have them talk to my people, which oh, is Oh, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You'd be an amazing writer about these things. But that that, yeah. that is the real reason. I mean, just to underline, bold, italicize what you said. The real reason is because John knew that that was the right thing to do for the team. Not because, not because it was self-flatulation, not because it was false humility to try to get a headline or two, because he honestly knew. And I think what you said about Tyus is an excellent point indicator. Yeah. Let's continue to boost Tyus. Tyus needs to continue to play well. Why? Because if the Grizzlies are going to go deep into the playoffs, it's not just going to be because Jaws, the best player on the team. It's been going to be because Tyus continues to play at a high level. That's full stop. And not only Tyus, bro, Jaron Jackson, Junior. Junior. Yep. Who's playing out of his mind? Absolutely insane. No, no, he's playing absolutely unconscious basketball. Yeah. Over 30 points crazy over the last five crazy. games. And and that would not have happened if Jaw had been there. Right. And everyone, nope. everyone talks about that. I mean, Taylor Jenkins is like, Jaw's not here. We have to draw up some more plays for Jaron. And what was he last night? 13 of 14 in the paint. I mean, dude, he's he is putting guys. He's putting guys on on his shoulder and just gently easing them under the basket, one crab dribble at a time, and dunking on top of them. And I'm not talking about little guys. I'm talking about Shangoon, right? Who's a great young player in the league for the Rockets. Um, I'm not talking about Draymond Green. I mean, you know, he's well, it doesn't matter who you are, (laughs) Jared Jackson Jr. And it was so funny. I think you saw this on Twitter where Bally Sports, (laughs) because Brevin Knight was saying, um, what was it? Jabari Smith. I can't remember. I think it was Jabari Smith for the Rockets was like, I can do this. I'm going to guard Jaron one-on-one. I don't need any help. So he was telling the help don't come. And so Jaron backs him down, takes him right to the rim. And so Jaron's like, well, if Jabari's going to guard me one-on-one, I'm just going to keep doing that. And so Jaron dunked on him again. And Brevin was like, help, somebody call the help. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jabari Smith needs some help. Yeah, no, oh, no, man. for sure. He's been so, so good. Man. So Jaws being out actually helped unlock a piece of Jaron's game that we knew was there. Yeah, 100%. Like, what? Yeah. So, yeah. like, this is all, all going to work to our benefit. I hope we can get Steve-O back. I hate that Brandon Clark went out for injury. He's gone for the rest of the season. I hope I hope Steve-O can come back. Uh, but, 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 but um, uh, Dylan Brooks is playing at an unconscious level. Oh, yeah, that sure. perfect thing that he is, defender yeah. and the and the and the, the the absolute brilliance of that kind of villain energy. And, yeah. he, and he talked about that's something the media came up with. I just play hard, yeah. but he also lives into it. He knows yeah. that's his brand, and oh, he's yeah. he's oh, playing yeah. other yeah. teams to the hilt, hilt, hilt. Absolutely. Hilt. I mean, you know, like he's just like <laughs> absolutely destroying it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Jaron Jackson Jr. And Tillman's playing great. 100%. Tillman. Yeah. Well, like the thing is, we're going to go far in the playoffs. I agree. And and I think we may want to see if we can find some time on Monday to do a second installment to this because there's a lot we need to talk about. I I really, you know, Matt Herdlicka did a preview of all potential Grizzlies playoff opponents. We could still play 10 teams right now. The West Mm. is a mess um, when you get down underneath the third seed. So we don't really. runs away with me. Yeah, I know. And so we don't really know who we're going to play, but I think it's worth talking about opponents. And I think that'll lead us into a conversation about lineups. I'm curious to get your thoughts about whether certain situations you want Luke Kennard on the floor to finish. Luke Kennard has had double digits in five straight games. Didn't have a Grizzly before the all-star break who had even Mm -hmm. done that once coming off the bench. Mm -hmm. 
So he's been incredible. Every three he takes, you just assume it's going to go down. Uh, he's being more aggressive. Yeah. He's getting his shot up quicker, um, which is just something that, you know, he has to do because defenses are going to be trained on him. Mm-hmm. The idea mm-hmm. of having John Morant, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Luke Kennard, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. out on the floor, right? Like that's an incredible lineup. Every single one of those yeah. guys can shoot threes. Yeah. Um, and so mm-hmm. we've really become a different team, uh, I think, over the last two to three weeks. There's a lot of reasons that's been the case, right? But we're going to have to pick that back up on Monday. Um, yep. I want to close this out today because got to move on with the afternoon, got a few other things coming down the pike. Marvin, we've only scratched the surface. It feels like once we start talking about this, it's been a minute. So we're going to have to mm-hmm. touch base and see if we can get another installment out on Monday. We're getting close to the postseason, my brother. We got to cover some things before we get there. That's true. Yeah, I mean, we we got to like we got to ramp up to playoff level of intensity as exactly. podcast hosts. Exactly. If the Grizzlies are going to up their minutes, by God, we got to up our minutes too. Yep. Yeah, well, no, right, it's going to happen. Well, thanks for everybody uh, tuning in today. Marvin, thank you for being here, my brother. Sorry to cut it short. You bet. Go Grizzlies. Go Grizzlies. Grizzlies got a game tonight against the Houston Rockets. Again, at FedEx Forum. Tune in. Let's watch the way this team continues to play. Appreciate y'all being here. Stay engaged. Stay cheering for your Grizzlies. And we'll see you next time. I'll get this hard.